your personal financial goals are probably different than anybody else's. Don't do something just because somebody else is doing it. Rather do what's right for you. That's just good, solid life advice. Yeah. This is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's GAP for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson, LTD. We're a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool. Or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. You're going to want to invest some time in today's episode. That's right, our Vantex friend, Kevin Dement, is back, and he's talking about portfolios, specifically the actively managed kind, the benefits of that kind of portfolio, the risks, and how to find a partner you trust. We tried to define a lot of terms, but some still slip through the cracks. So after you listen in to today's episode, make sure to check out show notes on caseypeterson.com podcast for more of the defined deets. All right, we're back with the podcast today, everybody. And once again, we have our, our friend from Avantex, uh, Kevin Dement. He's the Principal of Client Development with Avantex Retirement Plan Services. You probably remember him from our last episode. We talked about uh, fiduciary responsibilities, what a fiduciary is, how you choose one. And he is uh, back with maybe some more, just some abbreviations and acronyms because, man, people really love that stuff. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about different kinds of portfolios. So we're going to be using some terminology that folks may not be as familiar with. And we're talking about basically two different types and kind of comparing them, talking about what Avantex does specifically. So let's um, jump in, Kevin, get that out of the way. What are, When we say a target date portfolio versus an asset allocation portfolio, can you explain the difference between those two things? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. So let's start with target date funds. Those have been around for a while and they're very well known in the industry. Essentially what a target date fund by default does is it says, when am I going to retire or what year will I retire? Right. So for example, if if you're 20 years old, you're going to work for another, you know, hypothetically 40 years, you know, then you would retire in, you know, for example, 2060. So a person at that age would pick a 2060 fund and really put it in and forget it. Then what the target date does behind the scenes is it has what they call a glide path, which essentially means as you get closer to 2060, the investment will move from a more risky portfolio to a more conservative portfolio automatically. Okay. Now, now compare that to an asset allocation portfolio or an actively managed portfolio. What an actively managed portfolio will do is it'll take investments that are generally available to employees inside a retirement plan, and they'll create models. There'll be different models based on 100% risky to maybe down all the way down to conservative that generally is 20% risk, 80% conservative, which is generally invested in bonds. Okay. But the big difference is between those two is that a target date by default, because it assumes everybody at a, the same age has the same exact investment philosophy. Okay. So let, me use, let me use me as an example. I'm 52 years old. If I was selecting a target date fund, I'd pick a 2035, assuming I'm going to retire in about you know, 12 to 13 years. Mm -hmm. A 2035 target date fund is probably going to have some equity exposure, you know, large cap, mid cap, small cap, international funds, which will be a little more risky and sure. some type of bond exposure, right? But use me as an example. This is just an example for me. It does not mean this is right down the road. 
for every single person. But this I is a disclaimer risk. here. <laughs> yep, I'm a disclaimer. I'm 100% risky. I figure, you know, if I got 12 to 15 years, I got plenty of time to ride out any market swings. Mm -hmm. So I, I go with more of aggressive. That's the advantage of an actively managed model is that I can choose my level of risk based on my own personal situation and, and what I'm looking at, when I want to retire, how long I want my money to stay with there versus a target date that just assumes every single person that's 52 invests the same. Okay. So it's just so target date. There's really no nuance. It is, this is when you're going to retire and we just assume that everybody has the same needs, uh, same risk tolerance, uh, wants to do all these things the same. And there's, it's, it's cookie cutter, basically. You're exactly right. Yep. Okay. So is it worth it, though, to pay fees, because that is a little bit something kind of different, to be an actively managed portfolio? So when you look at an actively managed portfolio versus, you know, something else, what I would always say is the fees compared to performance. So is it worth it? That's really an individual decision that each person should make. They should not just automatically jump in to say, this is the right answer for me. Rather, they should do their due diligence, do some research. And look at the performance that the fund has delivered. Again, past performance is no guarantee of future. Sure. But you can start to see how has the fund done. They should do some research to determine how long has the fund manager been in existence on the underlying investments to help ensure that the value that they feel they're getting is worth it. But at okay. the end of the day, if you're one of these people that are not investment savvy, you know, maybe I don't get the difference between a large cap and a small cap. I don't get what's the difference between a growth versus a blend versus, you know, an income. I don't understand all that. It's just like anything else, right? You pay for a service for something that you're not an expert in. So right. if you're wanting somebody that's going to help you manage your personal financial relationship to when you want to retire, by all means, the actively managed portfolio with a good advisor might be the right solution for you. It's the same thing like if well, we're using car examples today, yeah. but I mean, you generally, like, I don't know how my engine operates. That's why I take it to the mechanic to do the oil changes because I don't know how that works. I assume that they are the experts right. in that. I pay them the money. That's worth it for me for the peace of mind to know that it's working the way that it's supposed to. So a similar kind of thing. You pay the experts to manage your money because you may not understand all of the details that go into that. Right. I, I always use the doctor one, right? I go oh, to the doctor. doctor. I don't wanna, I'm not going <laughs> to take something out. <laughs> I am not taking out my nope. appendix. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. I don't know where my tonsils are at, and I'm sure I'm not going fishing for them. <laughs> um, so I mean, we kind of talked about this, I think. What exactly does actively managed mean? Or like, what are some of the nitty gritty details around an actively managed portfolio? Yeah. So when you look at an actively managed portfolio, generally that means that there's someone behind the scenes that's making the selection for what investments should be in the, we call them index funds, right? Okay. Or equity funds, for example. Equity being like a large cap, mid cap, small cap, international. And then what are the right bond funds that you should have? How okay. much international exposure should you have? There's When we look at a moderate portfolio, generally it's got 60% equity and 40% bond exposure. But when you have that, again, you have large cap, mid cap, small cap, and international. The actively managed portfolio manager behind the scenes is going to determine what percentage should be in the large cap, what percentage should be in the mid cap, small cap, international, and the different levels of bonds. So you're having somebody that's actively paying attention to that. And a good actively managed portfolio manager is watching the markets, what's going on. For example, 
crazy world right now in, you know, outside the United States. Is that still the right area to invest? Right. They're they're making changes to those models to ensure that they're meeting the goals that they set. So do they make those changes when you have an actively managed portfolio? How often do they go in there and tinker with everything? Is that like a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly? Yeah. So what I can do is I can explain how Advantex handles it. Yeah. We have an investment advisory committee that actually monitors and manages the portfolios on a least a monthly basis and more frequently if the economy dictates it. Now, that doesn't mean every single month there's a change to the portfolios by no means. Generally, there's a change maybe once once a year, you know, from that perspective. But the other nice thing is by having somebody actively manage that for you, there's usually a rebalance feature in there. And what I mean by rebalance, again, let's say a moderate portfolio, that's 60% equity, 40% bond. Mm -hmm. Your account will be rebalanced to ensure you're staying in that 60-40 range, just to make sure you're staying on your right, your decision path. So the the risk tolerance that's comfortable for you. You're exactly right. Yes. Gotcha. So it's just, it's sort of a month because you wouldn't want to be doing, going in there and tinkering with stuff every day. I mean, markets, you're trying to look at trends over time, not overcorrect for something that may be a short-term blip. You know, that's a great point, right? Decisions should be made based on what happened in one month. Generally, what's going to happen in an actively managed portfolio is they're watching the underlying investments and they have, you know, a benchmark. And if that fund is underperformed, whatever is decided in the in the management style for mm-hmm. a period of time, then it will be switched out. It's not, wow, this fund underperformed this one month. It's generally you want to see trends has it consistently for a six, eight month or a year consistently underperform their benchmark. Benchmarks, again, are, you know, kind of an industry standard. What's what's going on in there versus peer group? Peer group means if I'm in a large cap value, well, how are other large cap value funds doing? So, so there's a comparison compare you can do between them. Okay. Exactly. So you're not switching out just because of one bad month. You want right. that history. And it's nice that there's benchmarks. So it's not just, um, which I think we'll, you're probably going to talk about when it comes to who's making these decisions, but it's not someone saying like, well, my gut feeling is that whatever oil is going to tank or this large cap is going to do whatever. They are actually looking at data. It isn't just a, I think this is going to happen or I feel like it. Okay. And that's why it's always good to have a committee that's making these decisions. You know, again, I'll use Advantex. We have a 15 member committee that's on our investment advisory committee. So one person's not making a decision. There is a group of people that are looking, analyzing, and in our committee, for example, we have analysts in there that that's what they do every single day. They're the ones talking to the fund companies. Why is your fund underperforming? What's happening to okay. ensure that there's an understanding of what's going on? So they are actually talking to the funds, trying to get information, understand why there have been changes or tweaks or dips or spikes or any of that sort of stuff. That's correct. That's how we do it. Yes. Okay, cool. Interesting. What is so the, you, we talked about that, the investment advisory committee, like 15 people. Do you guys ever video that and just watch them like have arguments back and forth about stuff? Or is it just like like this super secret? Like the, the- Have all 15 committee members ever had the same gut feeling for no particular reason all at the same time? <laughs> yeah. So there actually are people that work for us can actually watch the committee. And then okay. on a quarterly basis, on a quarterly basis, we provide a webcast that is recorded that folks can watch, which provides a summary of what happened during the last three months. Oh, okay. Cool. That's, That's awesome. It's a nice transparency. Yeah. Yeah. 
to that point, like how, how do you know that you can trust these people to make that right decision? Because trust when it comes to your retirement and your money, that's, that's huge, right? You always want to pick somebody that you feel you can trust. Yeah. So, you know, trust is a hard thing, right? It's not just something you can tell somebody to trust me. It really, it's got to right. be, you've got to meet with them. For, so for example, when we're meeting with clients that we're, we're looking or hoping that they choose to work with us, for example, mm-hmm. you know, it takes multiple meetings. It's really a question and answer session. And the one thing that Advantax does, and I can say this is different from the other companies I've worked at. Again, we have this a great investment advisor committee, super smart people that are picking the funds, managing them, deciding how the allocation should be done. We allow any one of our clients can talk to any member of our investment advisory committee whenever they want. Oh, wow, that's so for awesome. For example, we have financial planning consultants or folks inside the retirement team that will explain. But if you want a more detailed discussion, we'll set up a call with a member of our investment advisory committee that will get on the phone and speak to those details. And we bring the person in that's appropriate for your question. So if you want an analyst that's doing the research work, because you've got questions like why this fund versus this, we'll bring it in. If you want somebody that's the higher level that's that leads our investment advisory committee, we will bring him in to speak with you. Okay. So it's not like they're these untouchable celebrities where they just, they're oracles that live on a mountain and they make decisions and then you can never have access to them. They're yeah. actual human they're people. True. They're people. They're people. <laughs> they're yeah. people. <laughs> Between a target date portfolio and an asset allocation portfolio, I mean, there's risks when you invest no matter what, but are there are there more risks with actively managed portfolios or, or what type of risks should investors be aware of? So there's risk anytime you invest because there's no guarantee. So when I look at risk, I'm somebody, if I buy something, I want to know what are the parts in that, right? If I'm buying a car, we've talked about cars. I want to know, does a car have air conditioning? Does it have heated seats? Does it have, you know, seat cooling? Does, you know, does a second row heat and cool your seats? Because that's what my kids love. And <laughs> the next thing with an asset allocation portfolio that's managed, you have full visibility to see the underlying investments that make up that portfolio. With us, if you're with us and you're in the aggressive portfolio, moderate, aggressive, moderate, moderate, conservative or conservative, at any point as a click of a button, you can see the underlying investments which allows a person to know where is their money actually investing. Now let's take that to target date funds. If I'm in a target date fund, let's say fund provider A, they offer a range of target date funds. You're only seeing that one fund, but inside a target date fund, generally there's there's a host of investments, right? Because that target date is basically just taking different investments to make that up. Okay. The trouble is you don't know what the underlying investments in a target date fund are. Right. So not. Not picking on any provider, but if I'm in fund companies, target date fund, I don't know what is underneath there. So how do I ensure that the underlying investments are appropriate for my investment style? Right. Because there's just no transparency for you to even understand. There's almost you have to have a full, you have to have blind trust in a target date that says the fund manager is going to deliver what they say because you have no idea what's underlying it. You know, maybe they're putting all their money in oil right now that oil prices are going so high. Maybe that's a bad investment today, right? But you don't have any clue of that. Whereas in an asset allocation portfolio with us, you can see the underlying investments. You know, it's it's a Goldman Sachs or a John Hancock or a Vanguard fund or a Fidelity fund, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you have the ticker symbol that allows you to perform the research that you can feel comfortable that what you're choosing delivers the risk that you're comfortable with. That's cool. I like that. 
again, I would always say again, if you're not an expert in investments, most people are not. Find somebody that's good, that you trust, that you feel comfortable helping you meet your personal financial goals. Remember, your personal financial goals are probably different than anybody else's. Don't do something just because somebody else is doing it. Rather, do what's right for you. That's just good, solid life advice. Yeah. I don't have to step back and think like, oh, if, if you've got an investment and it tanks, what's your reaction to it? How do you feel yeah. in that moment? Do you still feel kind of bullish, like, oh, it'll swing back? Or do you suddenly get more conservative and kind of have an introspective look as to uh, what your risk tolerance is, I guess, and then you yeah. can customize it from there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody should be comfortable doing the investments that they feel like they don't, you don't want to just put your money in something because someone says, oh, you should be aggressive and you're not like, that's not your investment style. And then you are just constantly worried all of the time or every dip of the market freaks you out. Like if that's, if you can't write it out, then that's not your style and you shouldn't be doing that. Exactly. Uh, so thanks, Kim. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, if anybody has any questions, you can go to our website at caseypeterson.com. Under our services section, you'll find wealth management and financial planning services. Uh, otherwise, Avantex is our wealth management partner, and you can just visit their website at avantex.com. So thanks again, Kevin. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys. And now the legal stuff. This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although Casey Peterson LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties expressed or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered, which is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Advantix planning partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Advantix Investment Services, member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Insurance services are offered through licensed agents of Avantex Planning Partners, 3200 Orleans Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantex entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Avantex does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through their independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Hey, Evan. Yeah? Why did the accountant push their salaries, wages, and bonuses down the hill? To get to the other side. They wanted to see the payroll. Because <laughs> it rolls down the hill. Oh, it hurts. <laughs>